0: was nothing I could do, nothing I could do Hello and welcome oh, to This Is something I, something I Can Do, overcoming PTSD and trauma with nothing aromatherapy. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald. In these unprecedented times, we all desire to make a difference with the division, violence, climate change, and sustainable energy issues. We all know the time for planning has passed. It's time for action but it is difficult for our voices to be heard. I am a trauma survivor with PTSD, and my flight, fight, or freeze response is triggered in almost every waking moment in these times. I am learning to overcome my triggers by facing my traumas and putting them in their rightful place. I know many others who are doing the same. We can make a difference in our lives and the world. I'm a professional aromatherapist, and through my work, I have found purpose and the tools I need to help myself and others. This podcast will shed light on the effects of trauma and what my guests and I are doing to overcome ours while helping others in the process. Please join us on this journey as we find others using their voice to help trauma survivors too. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald, and this is Something I Can Do. I still sit here with it all. Hello and welcome to the introductory episode of Something I Can Do. This week, October 4th to the 10th, 2021, has been designated Mental Illness Awareness Week, and I couldn't think of a better time to launch this podcast. Please, if you are experiencing any mental health symptoms, such as feeling isolated, depressed, lack of energy, reach out to a psychologist and talk about um, what you're feeling. It helps more than you know. I'm your host, Amanda May Fitzgerald. Something I can do evolved from a suggestion from a colleague. I was at the AIA conference in 2019 in, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I met uh, the founder of Severa, um, Vanessa Boucher, there, and her and I were discussing, you know, the common misconceptions of essential oil use and and um, some of the things that need to be highlighted in our industry. And she said, you know, you should really start a podcast because this is information that really needs to get out there. And it planted a little seed in my head and I went home and started thinking about it. And I was talking to a friend one day and told her that I was thinking of starting this podcast. And she said, you need to go down to this place. It just opened up right down the street called the Film Hub. And it is a co-working space for uh, for media, for marketing and they have a podcast room. So I came down here and I checked it out and I was so inspired by this room. I just wanted to sit right down and put these headphones on and get going. And um, so I joined right away as a member and and I still I had no idea how I was going to get a podcast done. I knew that it wasn't going to happen at home, not with the lawnmowers going next door and all of the activity that happens in our home with, you know, four children and a dog. So I knew I really wanted to get this podcast going, but I had no idea where to start. And I was lucky enough to, at the first members meeting here at Film Hub, meet a man named Martin Danner, who was developing a workshop for children or teenagers, young adults, uh, to create their own podcasts. And he wanted a guinea pig, somebody to, you know, work out all the kinks with. And, um, so he offered to teach me how to start a podcast and I'm just really grateful to him for what he's done, um, for the time that he devoted. Uh, I know it probably seems like it was all for naught because here it is, a year later. um, But is it a year or is it two? Oh my gosh. COVID has really taken our sense of time and flipped it on its head, hasn't it? Um, So I just really wanted to thank Martin Danner for the work that he did getting this podcast up off the ground with me in the beginning. and, um, And I just want him to know that I haven't forgotten. Yay, it worked. And I'm very grateful to him for that because I had no idea where to go or how to start. And then the thing is, is that I'd, I started really excited wanting to share, uh, you know, my passion for essential oils. But I kept hitting this anxiety block uh, and, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And the more I hit this block... The, you know, it was coming up in my therapy as well, the, the my sessions with my therapist, that I was realizing that I, ha- I was having a really hard time with exposure, and the idea of being exposed, and that that was directly linked to my PTSD. And it was really disheartening for me. I had at one point wanted to be an actress, um and I had pursued acting somewhat, not a lot. I did some community theater when I was, you know, in my 20s. But that, for a time, and all through my childhood, was who, that was my identity. That was who I was. That was what I wanted to do with my life. And um, getting up on stage and, and performing, being in front of people, speaking, was part of my persona. So the fact that I was having this taken from me and that I was struggling so hard just even to get my voice out there. Um, it really lit a fire un- under me and and it has been quite a while since I started this journey. But I am determined that, that I will um, get this podcast out there because I believe that others going through the same kind of struggles might maybe get some kind of support from hearing that um, somebody else is going through it too. So ultimately, I came to the conclusion that this was something I could do. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to dive deep into a topic near and dear to me, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, or CPTSD. Most are familiar with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, and while the diagnostic criteria for CPTSD is not yet defined by the American Psychological Association, or the APA, CPTSD was formally introduced by the World Health Organization in its 11th edition of the International Classification of Disease in 2018. The Who describes CPTSD as having all the core symptoms of PTSD with an addition of difficulties with affect regulation, self-concept, and interpersonal relationships. Now, your friendly neighborhood psychologist could help expra- explain in great detail what all of that means and un- and help unpack that for you. And let me be clear, I am not not a psychologist. I do live with CPTSD and I am an aromatherapist and I use my aromatherapy daily to help me with my CPTSD and help me stay grounded and in the moment and keep me relaxed and even. Um, and I hope, it is my hope, that sharing my experiences and struggles will help others who might relate as well in their own journeys back to themselves. I want to touch on the core symptoms of PTSD as they are defined by the American Psychological Association, but uh, I would like to read from the APA's website their uh, definition of trauma. trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. While these feelings are normal... Some people have difficulty moving on with their lives. Psychologists can help these individuals find constructive ways of managing their emotions. So I strongly encourage anybody out there who may be feeling that this um, information is uh, familiar to them. If, If it's stirring up emotions for you, um, you may want to reach out and and find a therapist if you don't already have one. Um, Psychology Today has a, a search bar on their website where you can find a therapist near you. Um, you can also call 411 and they will help you find and, and get connected with a a mental health professional in your area. Um, If you're feeling triggered by anything that is um, related here. Core symptoms of PTSD, as abbreviated by the APA, are intrusive or recurrent memories of the trauma, avoidance of trauma reminders, feeling sad, angry, or numb feeling on edge or other changes in reactivity or arousal. I just want to talk about those, um, how those core symptoms manifest in me. Uh, Intrusive or recurrent memories of the trauma, the flashbacks would be uh, underneath this. And for me, I have experienced the flashbacks that are um so real that it feels like you are in the moment um and that ranges from actually v- visually feeling as if you are back in the trauma um uh, emotionally feeling as if the trauma is occurring and and physically feeling as if the trauma is occurring and usually they're disjointed i i usually have When I have a flashback, it is either of, um, one of those, one of those key, um, feelings. It's either physical or emotional or visual or auditory. Um, I don't typically have them all together and I'm not sure if that's because of the manner in which I was, um, because of the manner in which I, my trauma occurred, um, or if that is, uh, part of my PTSD, but that is how I experience it. Uh, avoidance of trauma reminders. Well, for me, I avoided the idea that I had PTSD for 18 years, even though I had three different, three different doctors tell me that the things that I was describing to them sounded like PTSD. It took me three years, once I found a psychologist, to help me with my pain to recognize and accept that I had PTSD. So that is how avoidance of trauma um, manifested in me. I was, I, I was blocked. It wasn't just that I just didn't want to face it or look at it. It was mentally blocked from being recognized. Um, feeling sad, angry, or numb... Um, it's regular to feel those emotions, um, when thinking about trauma. Um, but numb can get, um, to the point where you're just disassociated from your body and you can't really feel emotions, um, feeling on edge or other changes in reactivity. For me, it's very much hyper arousal. Um, I'm hyper aroused, especially when I'm out and about, um, and that looks like, uh, just always wanting to know where the exit, um, is wherever I am, always wanting to know what any of the safety protocols are, uh, wherever I am, always, uh, being aware of who is in my immediate, um, bubble, so to speak. Um, uh, my line of vision perhaps, um, always surveying rooms and and just being familiar with who is around me and um, and that's hyper arousal um, and I didn't realize most people don't do that for a very long time but I do it can be difficult to move on and overcome after a lived experience of trauma It is even more difficult when our bodies and minds develop pathways resulting in the trauma being just one triggered moment away from reliving the full experience of it time and time again. Certain populations are recognized as vulnerable to experiencing multiple traumas, thereby making them vulnerable to developing a variation of PTSD, known as CPTSD as i've discussed there are also many who are currently underrecognized and often unsupported leading to cyclical behaviors having detrimental results on their daily lives recognizing cptsd is the first step towards healing and the development and integration of healthy behaviors is how you get through your struggles and get back to you join me next over the next couple weeks as I dive deep into defining CPTSD and my own journey back to myself. Here is something you can do Something you can do This is something you can do Something you can do Here is something I can do something I can do, this is something I can do, something I can do.